Every day at America's Card Room, players just like you are scoring big in record time with Jackpot Poker. Jackpot Poker is a super fast three-player online poker set and go. You pick the buy-in, and after all three players are seated, we randomly pick the jackpot. Yep, just three players. No more, no less. And for most jackpot poker tournaments, it's winner take all. Imagine turning a $40 buy-in into the ultimate $100,000 game of poker. Anything could happen with jackpot poker. Play it now at America's Card Room. Okay, welcome to Ask Alex, episode 89 on the OneOuter.com podcast, sponsored by AmericasCardroom.com. If you want 27% rate back from AmericasCardroom.com, Simply sign up for your account by clicking on one of the adverts on the OneOuter.com website. Follow us on Twitter at OneOuter.com and join the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash OneOuter. This episode and all other previous episodes are on OneOuter.com website and also via iTunes for free. If you want to send questions in for Alex on a future show, best way to do it is to email questions at OneOuter.com or you can tweet them or post them in the Facebook group. Alex, we spoke before, just uh, we hit record, and there's a little bit of construction noise in the background, but it's not too bad. I can still hear you clear today, but I like to add all these sounds of Costa Rica into the podcast. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's like the birds chirping, the fruit man. Remember the tomato man? What happened to him? We've not seen him in a while. Uh, it, was that not, a different day? You know, I, told, I, I, I went up to the security guard and I said, if you let one more effing solicitor in here, I'm, I'm going to stop paying you. You know what I mean? So <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he's a, he, he said he hadn't seen anything, but, you know, ironically... You know, ironically, the ra- the is the wrong word. Randomly, after that, we stopped seeing as many solicitors. So that was uh, yeah. There was all it's, yeah. It's funny when you say solicitor because in Scotland, like that's the name for a lawyer. You know, oh, for oh, that's it's right, like that's right. No, <laughs> no like we have so many more lawyers in here. We have signs know. on our uh, on our doors in the states that says no sol- no solicitors, no, no yeah. solicitation. And uh, uh-huh. so, what, what do you call someone that just goes door to door selling things? Um, a door to door salesman. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> solic- <laughs> solicitor is more brave, but it also sounds like. And, and also, like cold callers get called that as well, like chapping. You know, even though it's not in the telephone, like cold calling is like chapping people's. Yeah, well, yeah, that makes sense. Chapping, I'm saying. Yeah, I don't know. If uh, it's interesting. No, it's a, I love all the little differences in English. Like I love, like when I watch uh, when I watch baseball, I love watching the Toronto Blue Jays because they spell things differently. Uh, like I love watching their local broadcast because it's defense with a C, right? I've never seen that in the states, right? It's so weird to me. Like we're so close to each other the states and Canada and yet we can speak English like so differently you know what I mean I mean that's as close as we get to like different dialects I'm kind of jealous of like people who speak romance languages it's so it it blows my mind like people who speak Spanish fluently aren't fascinated that there's like 20 other languages really related to their Uh language you know what I mean like Portuguese and Corsican and there's a lot of like weird languages nobody's heard of you know what I mean and then, like Venetian, right, is its own language, and yeah, I don't you know, Cat- Catalan and all that, and then yeah, so yeah. Anyway, uh, that's me. Yeah, that's me breaking down languages. There's a yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
There's a webinar coming soon on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is a webinar. Uh, I was trying to. There's a there's a YouTube channel. I think it's called Lang Focus. That's really fascinating. It tells you. It's like these little ten minute uh, vignettes, like these ten minute little uh, documentaries on like the origins of a lot of different languages. It's really fascinating. Like it's uh, if you have, if you guys are into that. Yeah, and also what I should say to the listeners um, is today we're recording two shows back to back, so we're going to try and like create them as you know the separate shows, but we're going to keep an eye on our time so we can like flick over and get the other one done because um, that way we can get to questions and also Alex can get on with his day and I can get on with mine as well. I've been roped into helping my girlfriend out today they'll do lots of stuff for her business so um I, I, was like, why, I was like why couldn't i have the flu this week you know? <laughs> it was uh, brutal so what else has been happening how did they i you did a free webinar just yesterday wasn't it yeah i did and you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna make barry earn his money guys because i'm gonna send him the youtube link and he's gonna embed that along with the battle that he never has seen and then, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I still haven't watched that. I'm I know you haven't. Up, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like now I'm building up too much, right? Unless it's like this epic war, you know? Like, it's not going <laughs> to live up to anything. Yeah. Like, you know, I just keep forgetting. I just keep forgetting. Nah, you good. Just... You good. I mean, we got, we got 1,200 views on that, so that's pretty... Uh, that league has a lot less of a built-in, like, fan base. Like, they're just starting up, so, like... A good video on there gets like 500 views, right? Which a lot of people do that thing where it's like, oh, 500 views, but whatever, man. It's like you think of like 500 people in a room, you know, like that's yeah. a lot of people. And then yeah, yeah. we got we got 1,200 on the new battle, and it's still climbing. Uh, but uh, by the way, we have a giveaway going on. If you get 1,500, let's see, if you get 1,500, 1,501, or 1,502, right? If you get a picture of that many views on that video, the the battle rap video, uh, you get a free copy of Why Abe Styles is Right. Now, it's the first person that gets me a picture of the closest, right? So if you get 1,500 views, you get it to me first, you win. If nobody gets it in on 1,500 views, you get it in on 1,501, uh, and you I get it first, you win. If you don't, get it in first, the consolation prize is a free copy of you flat too much that the check raise fool or dissecting the dog that I said or not and so get, quit quit trying to trick my assistants into <laughs> saying that, that I said you could all have all of them and uh, yeah no, no photoshop in the screenshot yeah no <laughs> we, have, we have a pretty good eye for that stuff we didn't have anybody try well the other thing is we have the timing, right? So like we know exactly when it crosses. So like if you send it two weeks in early, we we might just figure it out, right? Yeah. You know, I'm pretty thick headed, but even even I could do this math. Uh but yeah, we did the we, we did the free webinar yesterday, which was essentially it was about an hour of me going off my PowerPoint slides and some uh hand history hand history uh photos and me put uh asking questions to the crowd and uh having them you know for fun they could kind of like talk about their answers if they wanted to be more private about it they could just keep the chat off and ask themselves and uh yeah a lot of people really enjoyed it we had a we had a lot of uh right after that webinar we had a lot of people purchase uh tickets to the upcoming one on saturday 
upcoming one on Saturday has like a hundred questions, by the way. I've been sitting here like writing, putting them together. It's been pretty fun. I really like putting together these webinars, Barry. Like I really enjoy it because I just love having my baseball on. I have the, I have my coffee, you know, I have my metal and I'm just chilling, you know, and then it, it's really fun to think of because like when I'm doing a lesson, like I gotta, it's just like, go, 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 go. Right. And I don't have like a lot of time to like really think through like, should have asked that, should I have asked that, right? And like really quiz the person. This time I got all the time in the world to think of how I can make like the most like wild test, you know, to get get yeah. you, get you. I was going to say devilish, but it's not really devilish. But it is, you know, you will feel like, wow, like, man, this really makes me re think about poker differently. And it's not so much like a test to, it's not, it's not so much a test to see how good you are at poker because if you get all the questions right that's awful you haven't learned anything right it's more you want to you want to like be thinking about poker in a different way right like a lot of times I've never even heard of these questions come up like this is something I talked about in the free webinar is uh, uh, the, be the best coach in college basketball history he spends like 80% of his time on the fundamentals right like just uh, not turning over the ball, like not, you know, just pa passing correctly, right? And uh, and it's everybody always gives him a hard time about that. But if you're watching, like, the NBA playoffs right now, every team that loses has, like, 20 turnovers in the game, 15 turnovers. And it's a, it's a really big deal statistically uh, in regards to the entire score. Now, in poker there's a few things that are statistically a large part of your final score, score, quote unquote. Uh, and I've never seen those things in a training video, right? Like period, right? The only guys I know that are like teaching them are like ape styles myself. And, uh, it, 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 I think Jonathan little hits on a lot of these things as well. Although I don't, I'm not as familiar with his materials. And, uh, yeah, it, it, that's pretty wild to me, you know what I mean? Like, you think of the entire MTT landscape, like how large it is, and there's only, like, three guys really hammering on it. And, yeah, with the I, – I, when I'm making this test, it, it was like, you know, I, I want to see if I can make, like, the best, like, four hours, three hours, whatever it's going uh, to be for you to be thinking about your game and changing how you think about your game. And yeah, the trial webinar was really fun. It was like an hour of me off my PowerPoint and uh, my hand histories. And then afterwards, we answered questions. And I think we took like 45 minutes uh, to do that, which was uh, not something I do all the time, right? And, uh, uh, but it was really fun. It ended up being a really good time, a really good crowd, really respectful crowd. Uh, when you run a free anything, that doesn't, that's not always the case. You know, it's, it's kind of funny. If you charge, like, $1 for people to come in, everybody gets hyper-respectful. But if you, you tell people it's free, it's like, this sucks, right? What is this? Uh, kind of like what we were talking about last week, right? But, yeah, uh, or a couple weeks ago about how if you pay for something, you end up appreciating it more, you know? Yeah. And then, yeah, uh, yeah uh, it, so anyway, if you guys just check in the show notes, uh, the free webinar is there. And there I did have a lot of, like, you know, essentially, I took some questions that didn't really fit into any category, uh, and I put them in a, like a little miniature webinar uh, to show you how test your poker works, my my new concept that I'm having fun with. 
And uh, it was really fun. We talked about early game play a lot, and that was a, that was a really good time because that doesn't fit in perfectly with a lot of different training videos, but it, it, it definitely it definitely is interesting. And then we also talked about uh, we talked about some stuff like you know double barreling, what cards you should be double barreling, uh, what what uh, what you can learn from different board types, and uh, uh, you know three betting preflop and all, a lot of good stuff like that. So it was it, it was a real good time. I think you guys will enjoy watching that YouTube video. Yeah, and it is free. Yeah, it's so, free. Uh, YouTube, <laughs> YouTube, YouTube videos free. You know, yeah, it's a. Uh, I, I thought it'd be the other thing is you guys come out to all the paid ones, and it's like I've always wanted to do a preview anyway. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I don't really feel like editing part of like the paid stuff. You know what I mean? I want y'all wondering what's on there. You know what I mean? So I, I, yeah. I just put. I was like, I'll put something together for free, and I'll show. This one kind of demanded it too, because like test your poker, that's kind of a new thing, you know what I mean? So I thought, I, I thought it'd be fun to put out there. So yeah, it's free. Yeah, and have fun, guys. It's uh, it's and out it, there. And it will be in the show notes on oneouter.com. So if you just click into Ascalix episode eighty nine on the front page, uh, the, you'll see the YouTube video down there. Alex will send me the link after this. Um, okay, so what else has been happening? Any scores this week? You're not playing scoop at all, are you? I nah, I play. I played a scoop. I I, I played a scoop. I cashed in it. Uh, scoop 109, 300k guarantee. That footage is up on Assassin Coaching. If you guys want to check that out. And it was, so you're one for one then. Yeah, I'm one for one. I'm quitting. <laughs> I'm quitting. My my ROI is 400 percent or whatever it is. Yeah. Use that. Yeah. How to. How to get 400% ROI <laughs> yeah, right. that's the next webinar. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. No, it's been a, uh, it was so funny. It's like, I, I was reading books, like how you put together webinars, and they're like, you got to put like your claim at the beginning, right? And I put, okay, uh, how to make 3000 to 4000 a month playing online poker, because that's the average salary of my students, right, of my like 1,000 students, right? And yeah, like, I, I could just see every webinar guy laughing their ass off because, like, every other thing on Facebook is like, how to make $20,000 uh, every six minutes while smacking a wasp off your ass. Like, it's like, <laughs> huh? Like, I don't understand how that works. But, like, yeah. And then the whole web webinar is about how much work it takes to do that. So, yeah, but... Yeah, and it, it reminds me It reminds me of uh, Dan Aykroyd in The, the Great Outdoors. He's like, uh, he's, he's, you know, basically bust and he's trying to raise money. And he phones a guy and he says uh, something like, uh, look, if you've got $25,000 in 15 minutes, I can make you rich. <laughs> it's like, he's just trying to raise this money to, like, pay off. You know, he's like, if you've got $25,000 in 15 minutes, I'm going to make you rich or something like that. And it's, the guy just, like, hangs up or something. It's not the great outdoors. It's great. Yeah, it's uh, that's not that far off from a lot of people, right? And I'm a, oh, yeah. It's really funny. You, you said twenty five thousand dollars, right? What? What was the amount you said? I was twenty five thousand. Yeah, that, that, twenty five thousand or fifteen. That's, it, that's, that's, it, that's the most I've lost in a company. It's twenty five thousand. And then you know it's the same thing. Like, oh man, you know I got, I got, you know, like the people presenting it to you. It's like, oh, I got this, I got this, right? 
And yeah, like, <laughs> it's like it's real estate. I'd like to come down to Florida. I got a lovely timeshare. Yeah, there, exactly. You know? Yeah, <laughs> but, but like the guy I talked to, like if this guy was hustling me, this was the longest hustle of all time, right? And then, no, it was actually like a company and there were meetings and all that stuff. And at the end, it just didn't work out, right? It wasn't anything. Uh, there was some funny business at the end on behalf of one guy embezzling, but like overall, it wasn't that big of a deal, but it's like, I, I, it's really weird we're talking about that because this morning I was just, uh, I was making my breakfast before I came on here and that, it just occurred to me like $25,000 is a lot of money, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's a, that's a lot of money and it's like, I think of like if I put that down on my house right now, like how much further along I'd be on like paying off my house, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's like, yeah. uh, it, back in the day, like I could move heaven and earth like it felt like with poker, you know, and like I could make that kind of money. No, I, ma I make good money, like don't get me wrong, I love my life, I have a, I have a really good life, but uh, it, it's a lot harder to make that kind of money, you know, and like we didn't realize how stupid we were back then, right? The number of companies I invested in that just you know, turned into nothing. Like, it was just, it's, all I got is some, uh, you know, I got some memories from it, right? And that, yeah. that's pretty much it. Like, I wish I could. I don't, I don't mean to belittle it or try and, like, thing it down or by what I'm away to say, but, like, I know you still worked hard like hell and made the money and whatever, but when it was, it's like anything, like it was easier. There's no doubt it was easier to make money in poker back then than it oh, is now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, but the thing about like getting easy money like that because it comes e it is true these old sayings like easy come easy, easy go come like I remember, when you make it easy it's like ah there, there's more in the well you know there'll be more when I go back tomorrow right, and then exactly. one day you go and like you know the well's gone that's really <laughs> it, there, there's a song called when the well I think it's called the well runs dry and it's mm -hmm. uh it's by who was that evidence it's a it's an amazing hip hop song, but it's it's at the end of his latest out or second latest album, and it was just about him feeling like I just can't do this anymore, and like yeah. it was I remember feeling like that and like yeah it's like it's like what you say it's like easy come easy go and then like when it gets hard, it, it's just like, it's just like if you were lifting like uh, if you were like bench pressing like four hundred and fifty pounds. Uh, at your local, or I don't know what they say in Scotland, nine point two stone or whatever it is. But like, I'm just kidding. But like, uh, when you when you <laughs> this boxer is nine point two stone and he's twenty seven hands tall or whatever. You guys, you guys' measurements. <laughs> but like, uh, like yeah, it's like it'd be if you'd be uh, bench pressing. Uh, 450 pounds, but on the side, you know, you had your two boys, like, helping you lift it, right? And then, like, you know, everybody, for some reason, thinks you lifted that weight, and then one day, you never really built the muscle mass to actually lift it, and then one day, somebody says, to pay your bills, you must lift this weight without support, and then, obviously, that's going to be a pretty bad time, because not only can you not lift it, but everybody thinks you can, right? And everybody's yeah. like, why don't you just do it, right? And then, yeah, and it's a, I mean, it's even in the Bible, which is thousands of years old, like met, uh, money made uh, little by little will stay with you, right? I can't remember the exact quote. Let me, uh, money made little by little proverbs. I can't, it's a really beautiful quote, so I don't want to butcher it. And, but like, yeah, it, it it's really like the dishonest money dwindles away, but whoever, uh, did dishonest money get okay? Sorry, I pulled up the 
dishonest money dwindles away, but whoever whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. And I mean, that's really true. Like you gather it little by little and it seems like nothing's changing day by day. And then like one day, like I never had like a windfall the last like few years. And then like one day I have a recording studio, I have a physical therapy clinic, I have a house and I have a lot of the house paid off. I have a lot of my taxes paid off that were outstanding for years. I have a car, blah, blah, blah. And it was just like, I'm not really sure how that all happened because it was so yeah. like little by little, you know what I mean? It was, it was a lot of yeah, like just hard work, you know? Especially in poker, like the money, even in any culture now, it's the money talked about, you know, people speak about this, you know, a guy signed a $20 million deal. This house is $4.8 million. Yeah. This car is 300000 and stuff, you know? So people's perceptions of money, but then you speak to friends and you say, how many of them have even got 5K saved? Yeah, saved, exactly, you know, exactly. Like, you know, for like normal people, it's like $10,000, $25,000 is a chunk of money. If you have that liquid cash in a savings account, you know, it's like yeah, you've got leverage there, you know. And, yeah, exactly. It's crazy, but today people just think, oh, it's 25000 Like, what can you do with that? It's like, well, do you have it? Oh, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, what can, you know... Well, you can do more than what you're doing just now currently then. You know, it's like, yeah, exactly. it's weird. It's, it's weird how it's, it's everything and to people it's nothing as well at the same time. It's strange. Right, you know? exactly. Well, and like, I, I really like, I mean, like when I, I see like baseball, like in baseball, like I open up the sports section and they, they, their new thing is they're paying hundreds of millions of dollars for good pitchers in baseball, right? And like, to me, that's not even like real. It's just like... Who does that? You know what I mean? What's real to me is like, well, you know, if yeah, if I have like 8000 saved up, I can take a week or two off or like, you know, I could uh, I could run out the Airbnb in Buenos Aires and I, I could chill there for a couple of weeks, right? And like that to me is real, right? But like people don't even think like that. It's like, and I didn't either when I was younger. Like the reason I was investing in all these companies is I wanted to be a multimillionaire, you know what I mean? It wasn't enough for me to... Yeah have like hundreds of thousands of dollars and it's like if I had that kind of money now like what I could do with it oh my lord but like at the same time I wouldn't have the knowledge I have today if I had no that's it it's it's paradox you know yeah exactly exactly well if you had any 18 year old 200,000 in a exactly exactly unless they are the fucking son of some investment banker that has had it drummed into him from an LA if you're just an average guy 99.9% 99.9% of the time, he's going to blow through that money in a few years. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> there's, a, there's a thing Adam Carolla says. It's like, if you want to make somebody miserable, uh, just give them, like, a subsistence. His, his reason he's not into, like, welfare is, like, if you want to make somebody, like, miserable, give them, like, subsistence, subsi- uh, subsistence level uh, income like, for the rest of their life, right? But just, like, barely getting ahead, right? So they just... There's always this like mediocre depression and no feeling like you can change it because once you start trying to change it by getting a job and doing something, you're going to lose this guaranteed paycheck and everybody's going to be like, what the hell's wrong with you, right? And then the second thing is like, if you want to kill someone, give them a million dollars. That's never, like if you want to kill a 22-year-old, just give him a million dollars. He'll be dead in three months, right? And it's like, there's a lot of truth to that. And then uh, another thing he says, which I find hilarious, is like 26 is the new 12, right? And, and there's a lot of times, like, I was like 22, 23, 
when all this was happening. Actually, I wasn't even 22, 23, 22, 23, I went broke. 20, I was 21 years old when I made all my money. Like, who the hell knows anything at 21? Like, anything at 21. It's not like, and I was even at more of a disadvantage because it's not like my, my family had, like, a culture of money. You know what I mean? What, like, we, my dad, my dad made good money and, like, never, you know, uh, he, he was still learning a lot about how to like manage it. Right. And he, he just wasn't managing it well when I was a kid and then he, uh, you know, he's doing better now. He's got his house and all that. But like, you know, we, we were like, you know, we were losing our house and it was like, uh, you're hot in the summer, get a cold towel. You know what I mean? You're, uh, Mm -hmm. you're cold in the winter, you know, like just cover up the windows, right? Like we would cover up the windows with plastic because we wouldn't have the heating going on. You know what I mean? And then, uh, yeah, it's a, you know, you come from that to, like, having hundreds of thousands of dollars and it feels like any damn thing you want, you know, you just, it, it, you just do stupid crap because it's like, yeah, I want drugs, and it's like, well, I mean, it's like $300 for a sack, and it's like, well, we'll just grab that, you know, and it's like, I want to eat at this restaurant, you know, and I want to show everybody a good time, well, it's like $2,000, this restaurant, it's like, what, $2,000 doesn't seem that much, like that much when you have 300 in the bank, right? And then, like, one day the well runs dry, and it's like, uh-oh. Like, this is pretty <laughs> stupid. And then, you know, you get older and you realize, yeah, that, like, a lot of my friends, like, who made a lot of money at poker, like, they all did the same damn thing. But, yeah, there was, like, one, there was, like, one or two guys that had, like, yeah, like you said, like, their dad was just really smart and was like, look, you're going to pay your taxes, then you're going to give the rest of the money to me because you're retarded. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to put it into something, right? There's only, like, one guy I can think of. Uh, there's only, like, one guy I can think of who, like, bought a house and invested well and all that when he was, like, 20 years old. And he's just, he's too smart for words. But uh, most of us, yeah, we did the exact same thing. But, yeah, anyway, uh, yeah, now that I'm real depressed about what I did, <laughs> I'm, just I'm, uh, I'm doing good. Actually, life is really good now, man. I love... I, you, you kind of touched on it when you said you invest in all these companies because you want to be a multimillionaire. Yeah, it's exact. not true. When people say that, they want to be a multimillionaire. They want it's, the freedom. Of yeah, you want the lifestyle. You want yeah. to live like a multimillionaire. Exactly. Because most actual multimillionaires, they're so bogged down with the responsibility in companies. They, don't, they live like nine to five. Actually, they do more. They live like 15-hour work days and stuff. Yeah, you know? exactly. What you want is to make a little bit of money, take mini breaks like the Tim Ferriss stuff, mini retirements. Yeah, and, exactly. And chill. I mean, that's my idea of success and freedom. That, you know? That's my big thing right now is just, you know, putting more money on the side. And I don't, I don't want to, like, take breaks to, like, go to, like, what he does, like, go to Germany to, like, learn MMA. Like who the hell? Like I love when people do that. Like I'm gonna go train for MMA and I'm like, man, I used to go to a boxing gym, then I turn nineteen and I realize, you know, getting punched in the face when I rely off my brain is not a good idea. And by the no. way guys, I'm sorry, they they got one I got done, there was one construction zone that got done, and, like, literally the next day, they opened up another construction zone to the left of my house, and they seem, they, they never seem to work in the middle of the day unless I'm doing a webinar. Otherwise, they like to work early in the morning when I'm on the radio with you guys, or they like to work early in the morning when I'm trying to sleep. So, yeah, sorry about this. But, yeah, I mean, my big thing right now is not, like, I don't want to, like, take time off to you know do 
to do those kind of things, which is cool. Like maybe I should take some time off to like learn Spanish or something like that, right? But uh, because my Spanish is not where I would like it to be. But like I would like to just take time off to like write. You know what I mean? Like writing is always what I really enjoyed. You know, and uh, I would love to take time off to write and like create. It's wild to me that you can like create other products around this, right? Like I'm writing when I make these PowerPoints, right? Like I'm writing, I'm coming up with different concepts, and it's really cool that I get to present them. You know, if I was trying to be a writer, a published writer in the United States, I would have to go to bookstores and read out my work, right? With the PowerPoints, I get to do that a little bit, and then I get to elaborate on it, and I get paid to do that. And then I just want to save them money and then take some weeks off to do more like passion projects, you know what I mean, and start like self-publishing and like getting it out on Kindle and then having, you know, just having like a real host of different things going on there. I want to write essays about a lot of different things, you know, that that's one thing I'm really interested on because I, I always love books like that where you read like a bunch of different essays from a guy where it, the, the guy, it just totally changes your perspective on earth, you know what I mean? And there's definitely been a lot of things that, I think just having an altered perspective has definitely, like, led me to, like, more success than any, like, raw intelligence ever did. Because I know, I know a lot of people that are 50 times more intelligent than me that, like, can't put their shoes on correctly in the morning, you know. So it's like, there, there is definitely, like, a way of seeing things that I think if you could teach people could be extremely valuable and it's a way of, like, giving back. And then, you know, of course, I also, I also have, like, a fiction novel, like, just sitting on my computer, and it's been sitting there for two years, which I, I should really just edit up and put out. But, yeah, it's, I'm really excited right now with this thing, Fiverr. Like, have you ever heard of this, Barry? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I never... People get to put up their skills, and they'll do things. You can get a logo done for, like, $5 yeah, or a yeah, exactly. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's incredible, dude. Like, I mean... Well, because, like, the problem was, okay, so I needed a lyric video at my studio. By the way, you guys will never get an answer, uh, question answered ever. Okay, sorry about that. But I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Like, when Barry does the stunned silence, that makes me worried. But, like, uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, it, like, uh, so, like, I needed to make a lyric video at my studio, which, by the way, you guys can, uh, uh, we got, we got one going, uh, I'm gonna put. I'm gonna make Barry post all of these. He's gonna earn his money today. But we have a new lyric video that came out of uh, uh, my studio that I made, and it's like our first one. It's kind of like an older song that my wife's band did, but I uh, I really like it. They really like it. I like kind of their newer stuff, like really metal stuff, uh, and I can't wait for those lyric videos. But this was really cool, kind of more like a rock uh, sound that they put out, and. Uh, yeah, it's like, so I had to go get the lyric video done, right? And, like, if you hire somebody in the States, like, it's a bunch of hipsters sitting around a quote-unquote design studio, which is really just three assholes in their basement. And, uh, you know, it's like, hey, I need a lyric video. And none of them really wants to work. They're just working at a graphic design studio because, you know, that's the cool it thing to do with millennials or you know, their parents told them, you need to get a job if you're going to keep living here and eating my Captain Crunch. So they don't want to work. So it's like, how much for this lyric video? And it's like, oh, I don't know, $675. And then even if you pay them, they don't want to work. So, like, they'll give you this half-assed piece of garbage. And then, uh, 
So, uh, and then if I did this, even in Costa Rica, it'd probably be the same thing. The price would just probably be 200, 250. But yeah, I found a dude in Spain who was like, oh yeah, I'll do that for like 40 bucks or whatever. Right. Like, and then obviously we, there's, we don't go with like the simple version, right? There's like, there's higher tier options and stuff like that. So we were looking at all the different prices. Right. But if you wanted to, like, I, I was seeing a lot of guys do like a simpler version, not like what we got done, right? With the effects and everything and moving images and all that stuff. Uh, it, like if you want a simple version, there's, it's out there, you know what I mean? It's really cool. These people, I would have always loved to pay some guy in Pakistan, you know what I mean? Like 30 bucks if he's going to do the job way better, you know what I mean? And he's going to be grateful and he's going to do it really quickly, right? And, like, yeah, now these days it's like, oh, do you need, like, line editing for your book? Like, everybody I quoted, it was like, you'd be like, hey, I need line editing for this book. Like, literally, there were people that were like, yeah, it's going to cost me, uh, I think, $11,000 to do this book. It's like $11,000 to edit a book? Like, who are you, right? Like, you know what I mean? Are you, did you work for Hemingway? Like, what the hell? Like, you know, and then – uh and then you find out, yeah, you can talk to people on Fiverr, and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah no, uh, uh, they're just overcharging because they don't really want to work, you know what I mean? They have, like, one pro they have like one paid gig that does pretty well, and then, you know, they just, uh, if they wanted a lot of work, they would lower their prices, but they just don't want it, right? And then it's, uh, so anyway, I did find a few people that were, yeah, so it's a, I'm looking at, like, just getting a lot of my stuff edited. I have, like, the article book uh, that we want to edit and get out the door. I'm just reading through it right now and doing my own edit so I can, like, add some notes. And then, uh, you know, so people could know, like, if something's a little dated, I could say something. And then, yeah, we're looking at uh, the blog you read all the way through. Barry, we're looking at, a, or at least that's what you said in our first episode. Who knows? It's taken you six <laughs> months to watch the latest battle. But, uh, yeah, we're looking at republishing the old blog, but that's, uh, that, that, that's kind of tough uh, because, obviously, there's so many pages. And then, yeah, I, I, I'd be really into just doing that stuff. And, yeah, chilling. I want, I want some time to play video games, damn it. I got every video game on Earth on my PlayStation 4, and it's like I just – one of my friends has a kid, right? I was like, hey, man, you want to play video games? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, Why this is the login to my account on PlayStation 4. Please play everything, right? And, like, he, his, his dad is now, like, he thinks you're the greatest guy ever. He also, you know, like, he gets to play every single video game on Earth. And I'm like, yeah, man, I don't get to – I get to play them for, like, 30 minutes to an hour. And then it's like, oh, yeah, okay, now I'm done. But, like, i got to go back to work. But, yeah. Anyway, let's answer some questions, man. I love some family. Yeah. Watch, I'm going to be real brief today. I'm going to be real brief. You watch me. I'm yeah. going to get you, I'm gonna get you all. I'm going to get you all okay. covered, all right? Let, let, let's fire right into the questions. Okay, this one is from Pete. Uh, hey, my question for you is what should I be looking at realistically making as a 100 NL online grinder per year? Also, what's a realistic annual income for an MTT grinder with average buy-in of, say, $30? I understand it depends on work ethic, variance, etc., but perhaps if you could discuss the positives and negatives of both. Thanks. Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I think at 100NL, 
uh, I would say about 35 to 40k a year is what you're looking at, and I mean that's uh, that's busting your ass, rake back. Uh, there's a lot of guys that do make a lot more than that. I, I mean that's assuming about 3k a month, right? And a lot of times, like that'll be if you get a rake back deal like you have with America's Card Room here. And if you sign up and get 27% rake back, you can also get one of my webinars for free. So write us at alex at pokerheadrush.com if you want to get that. But, uh, yeah, if you get the rake back, a lot of times it's pretty easy to make 3K. Uh, it gets a little harder to get to, like, 4K, 5K. you got to start working in some 200 NL uh, to do that. you got to play a lot of hours. you got to really love what you do. Uh, when I did play, I, I'll give you my experience with both things. MTTs are way, way, like, I, I would say it's, like, the best. It's still a lot of people make about, like, 40000 a year playing, like, uh, that's, like, average buying of, like, I, I, I forget what it was. I, I, I tried to average this out with all of my students at one point. It was something like $56 or something. I, I, I have no idea, to be honest. Uh, it was like, it was between, well, I do have an idea. It's between 54 and 56, like 2,287 is Padley Falls, but like it's between 54 and 56 or something like that. Right. And that was like, uh, 3000 a month. Right. And, uh, if you get into the one Oh nines, the one Oh nines are where things get a lot juicier. Uh, and like above that is when it starts getting a lot harder, but like the one Oh nines are really juicy because it's kind of like when you walk into the, uh, when you walk into a card room, and let's say you're, you know, you're loaded, you opened up some of the first, like, one-hour photo places, uh, and you got a little bit of money. Actually, that's Eli Alezra. He's good at poker, so that doesn't work. I was trying to think of a random business that you could be good at. But, yeah, anyway, you run a taxi company or something like that, right? And you just want to come in and play some cards. Like, you come in and it's like, what are the limits? Like, two, four, three, six, five, ten. Well, what are the buy-ins? Uh, two hundred... Uh, is a $200 buy-in, a $400 buy-in, a $600 buy-in, and a 1000 It's like, 1000 That's got a nice ring to it, right? And it's like, all right, I want to play $1,000. I want to play some $1,000 poker. And for that reason, a lot of times at card rooms, even if I couldn't afford it, I would play 510 instead of, like, uh, you know, a lot of the times, like, a 2-5 or something like that because there would be a lot of guys at 510 that just wanted to play for $1,000, right? Yeah. And they were really bad. And it's the same thing with MTT is a lot of guys go on and it's like, I want to play, I want to play a tournament, you know, while I'm watching like uh, uh, America's Next Top Chef or whatever it is you kids watch on TV. I don't watch television, but yeah, anyway, it's, uh, it, it, they, uh, they, they look at it and they go, oh, like a 109, that looks really good, you know, like $100, let's put $100 and it's like, are uh, you sure you don't want to play the 75 shot? I uh, have an 82 hyper turbo. No, those are goofy ass buy-ins. I want to play the 109, right? And I want to play the standard speed because that gives me a little bang for my buck, right? They don't want to play turbos. The worst feeling in the world is putting $100 down and losing this in 17 minutes, which is why Rake Stars is doing is going to do really bad here coming up. <laughs> and then uh, anyway. It's a, I, I love. I'm coming up with all these new names, right? With my, yeah, my I give friend. you the laugh there because I never laughed last time you said Turbo Stars. Yeah, because you heard me. You heard me. You heard me yelling about effing Turbo <laughs> Stars is doing this to me, man. Although yeah. to their credit, nothing, nothing. Now the the scoop structure was pretty decent, but like that's the only reason I'm playing those. Like 99% of their schedule is just garbage now. But yeah, anyway, uh. It, it, Moving on, like, if you can get to the 109s, 
Uh, you can make like 45, 50, uh, 45, 50K a year. And uh, again, that's a that's putting in a lot more hours because like with a 100 and L, let's describe like the differences. I really enjoyed, there was a couple years I played cash games for like 80% of my uh, volume, right? Because when I was living in like South Korea, let's say, I couldn't really play tournaments because it was like a goofy hour. And if I could, if I did, I'd play like one or two of them on the side, right? And it'd be like the $30 rebuy or something like that. Because like it was early in the morning when the old full tilt $30 rebuy was on, right? And uh, early morning Seoul, it was like late at night in America, right? And then uh, I, I would be, uh, I liked playing cash games because like I would wake up, you know, early and, uh, you know, uh, back then my, uh, 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 my girlfriend would make me breakfast and then I'd play like three hours, right? And then, uh, you know, we'd just go and like hang out uh, during the day or, you know, I'd hang out for the rest of the day. I'd go play, play at night a little bit. And it was it was chill, right? Or when I was living in Hungary for like a few weeks, right? Uh, I, I was just like between places, right? And uh, had my nice little flat there. I would wake up at like seven in the morning, and you know I'd play till like eleven, twelve, and then I'd, I'd go out get lunch, and then I'd see Hungary, and then I'd come home and I'd play another like four or five hours. So like being able to break up your sessions is definitely like a nice luxury. And you can also do this much more focused than I ever did, which was you can do like two hours on, one hour off. A lot of people like that are like two hours on and then like, you know, go work out, like come back two hours on, go off, go off and like meditate, come back. Uh, the problem is a lot of people get really undisciplined, which is they do two hours on, they get off and then uh, that's it, right? Like they're not coming back, right? They're going to, they're going to go play Fallout 4, right? And then uh, uh, the good thing with tournaments, it always happened with me because there's a lot of times I'd rather not be playing poker, right? I'd rather be doing a whole lot of other things. And uh, I think that's true of a lot of people in a lot of other, in a lot of professions, right? Even if they're really good at it. Like I was just reading our article about Vin Scully. Uh, Vin Scully is probably the best baseball announcer we have. Uh, in the United States, he's been announcing games since the 50s, and uh, he's finishing up this year, so they're doing all the spotlight uh, uh, readouts on him, the spotlight articles and all that stuff, and uh, not spotlight like the people that expose, like the Catholic Church molesting boys, like they're just putting a light on him, right? And uh, something they asked him is like, do you watch baseball when you're not calling a game? And he was like, nope, never, like never. Right, and there's a lot of times if I'm not working, I, I'd uh, I, I'd like to be doing something else, or even like when I am working, I, I don't necessarily want to play poker. I like working around poker and stuff like that. So if you're one of those people who doesn't like absolutely love poker, cash games can be really difficult because you can just quit whenever you feel like it, right? And uh, it's also really bad if. Uh, you know, you, like, eat, like, a hummingbird crap like an elephant. If, like, when you're winning, you're like, oh, i got to wrap this up and take the money off, right? But when you're losing, you just keep playing and playing and playing and playing, right? And just keeping uh, – that's the exact opposite of what, like, Phil Ivey does. Like, Phil Ivey's known for – when he plays, like, high-stakes cash – by the way, people do this thing where it's, like – people do this thing to me. It's, like, you know, Phil Ivey's been losing at, like – you know, these high rollers, or he's been losing, like, online. It's like, 
how much money do you think Phil Ivey has? Right? Like, uh, let's be honest, right? And it's like, where do you think, you know, he's playing playing games with, like, billionaires and stuff like that. I'm sure he's doing okay, right? Yeah, but anyway, they say Phil Ivey can sit down, and if it's not going his way after 20 minutes, he's just like, all right, I'll talk to you all later, right? And then, uh, and if he's winning, like, he can play, like, three days in a row, right? Like, literally. And uh, if you can't, now, obviously, you don't have to be that aggressive about it, but, yeah, essentially, if you don't think you can keep sticking your butt to the chair and uh, playing a little, uh, you should probably go with tournaments. Now, tourna- uh, tournaments I really like because, you know, it, it's more of like a slow burn, right? And it really rewards endurance. If you don't really have endurance, maybe you should go uh, play cash games. Uh, endurance, I think, is a big deal. You really have to work on, like, taking care of yourself. Uh, if you're thinking you're going to be, like, drinking beer, smoking pot, doing a lot of that, smoking a funny weed, as, as <laughs> I heard some guy say the other day. Uh, but if, like, you think you're going to be treating your body like that and playing, like, really good competitive poker, I, I think you're going to have a lot of difficulty, you know what I mean? I'm not saying there's not people out there. There's guys that are so good they can't do that. But it's like, why would you cause yourself to not have that edge, right? If everybody else is going to be burned out and hung over, why wouldn't you want to be fresh-faced and, like, you know, happy to play when you show up, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I hope I gave you guys some perspective. Yeah, and I think for the next show there's a similar-ish question. I can't remember, but mm. something seen or we discussed something about that last week um anyway next question is from mark uh hi guys can you talk about actually no this is a really good question so i'm going to save it for the next show we've got about 10 minutes 50 minutes left so i'll do the next one um this is a technical one that you can fire into alex um cool well it depends you can you can we'll see how technical you make it um it's from eric my question for the show is on playing flopped monsters, like sets, flushes, straights, etc. I know that to get majorly paid off, I usually need the other guy to have something, or even cooler versus cooler. But what are some ways on the flop that I can look to maximize my return in that hand? Some examples would be great. Thanks. Well, a lot of times, like people always wonder, like, how did you get so much? I mean, I have a lot of people that. Americans are really good at doing this crap. Like, Pshaw. of course he got that because he, you know, he runs so good. What they don't uh, understand is like when you see me like overbet the flop and the guy jams into me, and I have top pair top kicker and he has you know like second pair no kicker. The reason that happened is because I've overbet as a bluff like three times before to that particular guy on an o- other table and he's gotten really pissed off about it and he knows something's up and he's got to do something. So what you do is you create a situation where the coolers don't even have to be that big. If you're just playing traditional poker, like really tight, aggressive poker, yeah, obviously you need like set over set or something like that. But like here's a bet I do. We talk about, uh, I, I talk about a little bit. This is interesting because this comes up a little bit in the webinar this Saturday, but I'm really interested I really want people, when they do the Test Your Poker webinar, I want them to see how much stuff they forget if they don't, like, actively test themselves. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, because this is something I talk about a lot, which is, like, if you're out of position and you get the idea of the guy's, like, really gunning to call you, a great, like, change-up you can throw at him 
is you just overbet the pot just slightly, right? Because most people stare at that and go, what the hell is that, right? And even if they have, like, second pair, the first time they're just kind of, they know their backer is going to kill them if they jam and they're wrong. So they're like, they know their backer is not exactly seeing their hand right now, right? Or they know the backer is going to hear about it if it's a big old pot, but he's probably not going to hear about it if it's not, right? And then uh, also he's, the guy's just afraid of looking stupid, right? Because a lot of people that are in poker are pretty insecure. And so anyway, they just fold, right? Because they don't really know what to do. Now, the second or third time you do that, now they're like, does this guy think he can do this to me all the time? Now they're looking stupid. So they're looking to play back at you. So part of the art of poker is knowing when that's going to, that rubber band's going to snap. Right, like when when is he gonna when is he gonna stop? You're gonna be like, I can't take this crap anymore, right? And mm-hmm. when that comes up, you stop doing that as a bluff, right? And you uh you 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 get top pair, top kicker. That's now your premium, right? And a lot of times, uh, like uh, you also have to expand what's your premiums. Like, uh, like I'll give you an example. Like I, I have like uh, let's say I have a. Uh, Let's say I have an ace-jack off-suit, a guy opens from middle position, and I know he's opening ace-deuce suited and everything up above that, king-jack, king queen-jack, jack-ten, which is, by the way, pretty much everyone these days, because uh, nobody can stop opening, and uh, which is great, because like everybody does this crap to me. It's like, poker's good and tough, nobody can beat it. I'm like, if they're still opening like ace-deuce suited from early position and flatting every three bet I do, I, I don't see how this game is going to get unprofitable, right? Because what they end up doing is you three bet, they can't fold because, you know, their firstborn child is going to die if they fold to a three bet now. And they call you with all the weaker aces. But I see people do this crap in that exact same situation. The board comes like ace, ten, two, rainbow, right? Or even better, it comes like ace, queen, two, rainbow. That's good because now he can hit his king, queens. Now, if he had ace, queen before, he was already beating you, so it doesn't really matter. Uh... Uh, obviously you don't have a shot to catch up, but like there's less two pair combinations that are beating you. And I'll see them like the guy checks and the guy's like, check back. Gotta keep, gotta keep this pot small. It's like, what are you talking about? You're dominating 80% of his range. And like, and people do this crap where it's like, well, if I bet and he check raises, what am I going to do? Like, has he ever check raised bluff to you on an ace queen two rainbow board? That sounds like a pretty odd board to check raise bluff on. You know what I mean? And it's like, they do. The, my favorite one is the guy you, like check you bet he calls, and then on the turn the turn's like a four or something. The guy checks you bet. No, the guy d- checks behind me. He's like, what am I gonna do if he check raises? He's like, who the hell check raises this board as a bluff? Like who does that, right? And it's like, uh, and I'm not saying it's not a good idea. I'm just saying, uh, or uh, a bad idea or anything. I'm just saying who does that? Nobody does that, right? I've never seen. I, I watch hand histories all day every day. I never see that. Right? If he check raises and bluffs you here, he deserves it because nobody does that, right? So just bet again if he check raises you fold. That's like an entitlement complex, you know what I mean? It's like I'm so special that when I have top pair, I deserve to show it down and have everybody either realize how good I am or how unlucky I've been, right? And uh I deserve to win with this pot. So I don't want to get into a situation where someone could bluff, you know, my, myself who you should be addressing as your highness. Right. And then once you expand your value ranges quite a bit, right, and you start getting a lot of value from like top pairs and stuff like that, when you flop a set, it's not like, oh, like check this out. It's like, okay, cool. You know, 
Uh, let me see if I can get something out of it. Ah, damn it. Nope, not this time, right? And th- that's fine, right? That's how poker should be, right? Like, I- I'm guessing, you know, uh, Phil Ivey does not get that excited or Daniel Negreanu doesn't get that excited when he flops a set, right? When they flop sets. Because to them, it's just standard operating procedure and they have so many other ways of making chips. That's really what you want to be focusing on is how do I make chips when I don't have those sets, right? And then generally you're playing such an aggressive game. You're getting so much value from thin hands. You're pushing so many bluffs on people. You get this really aggressive image and then randomly somebody will snap. Now, it's not really a problem if you like, you know, you bet once and the guy snaps on you, right? Because all all you have to do is like the ho, 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 bro. I got you, I got you, right? (laughs) And then, uh, uh, like, what, 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 you thought it was going to work again? You thought it was going to work again? <laughs> but, like, if, you, uh, if somebody goes off on you, that's fine, because usually your investment was not that much, right? Like, even if you overbet the pot, a lot of times on the flop, that's like five big blinds, right? But a lot of times when they snap, it's like 35x, right? So, like, if you can nail them one time out of seven, you're going to come out ahead, and generally you're not bluffing six-sevenths of the time, right? You're bluffing, uh, you're bluffing about two-thirds of the time, right? So you, when you do have those value hands, you end up crushing the guy and making a really good profit. So, yeah, I guess this is kind of a technical answer, Barry, but also poker theory. I love, hmm. I lo- I love, <laughs> poker, I love poker theory, man. I love, I love poker, man. I, I can't stand it. It's so funny to me, like, when you, when you listen to anybody in sports, like, talk about their craft, right, it's, like, so nuanced, and so they love it so much, and, like, you'll turn on, like, a poker broadcast, and there will be an announcer going, yeah, this is pretty standard stuff, this is, uh, so he's going to re-jam the ace-jack, yeah, this is pretty standard, this uh-huh. is, this is very standard, it's like, wow, thanks, dude, this is exciting, like, yeah, great TV. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, wow, wow, this is good. I can't watch poker. When was the last time you watched poker on TV? Oh, uh, God, I I don't know the last World Series I watched. I can't even. You need to tell me the winners for me to tell you the last one I watched. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't watch the last one. I lo- I watched the year with Martin Jacobson a bit, but like, man, the, mm, the Spanish. I don't think I watched that one. The Spanish commentary was so bad dude like it was so funny it was like uh you know uh ben sloof or whatever his name is right uh he's having a tough time today because he put his sunglasses on everybody thinks he's scared right and i was like i'm pretty sure that's not what they're thinking right (laughs) like and then uh and uh, what was the other thing uh they're uh no, and they kept, oh, in Spanish, they kept going on about how much Martin Jacobson was into yoga and all this meditation and crap. And, like, they wouldn't shut up about it. I was like, I get it. He's healthy. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? And it was, uh, it was very clear they had no idea, uh, like, mm. what they were, it, it, like, they had no idea what poker was. It's like, he's got two pair. That beats three of a kind, does it? Does it? No. No. Three of a kind beats two pair, right? Like, literally, they were doing that in Spanish, right? And then I was like, who, what other industry puts up with this, right? Like, mm-hmm. sp- the Spanish language, that's probably the second most broadcasted language of the World Series of Poker main event, right? That, uh, is Spanish is very, I think it's the third most spoken language in the world behind Mandarin, which China reports everybody, including in its Turkic corridor, somehow speaks perfectly. 
And then I love it when China does this. Like nobody ever calls China on their crap. Sorry, I'm gonna go off on China. But like China, China, China. China. I was saying that the other day. Really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I was thinking, yeah, it's like China. China. <laughs> no, but China does this crap where they do these two things. It's like Mandarin Chinese is the most spoken language in the world, so you guys need to learn it. I'm like, I think a lot of people speak fractions of it, but. I don't know. I was in, I was in Hong Kong and nobody spoke an effing word of your language. Okay, so I don't I don't really. If in Hong Kong in the financial sector they don't speak the common language, I'm pretty sure in like the Uyghur province they're not really speaking it. That's just my guess. And then they do this crap. The next thing, which is, did you know there's more English speakers in China than there are in the United States? I'm like, guess what, guys? You can't have it both ways. If there's more English speakers in China than there are in the United States, combined with the other billion people on earth who speak English, then English is the most spoken language. And you should really shut up about this, I need to learn Mandarin Chinese crap. You know, anyway. I'm angry about China. That. China. <laughs> but Spanish right. is the third most spoken language in the world, and this is the announcing we get. I bet China got better. You know what I mean, but yeah. Anyway, okay. Let let's squeeze in this last question because I'm just looking through the questions for the next show that we're about to record in the next five minutes after a break. So All right. this one, I think we can do this one because I think you can sort of answer it quite quickly, and we'll fit it into the end of the show. And it kind of, it, it kind of ties back into the first question I think we did on this show as well. So it'd be good to do it in this episode. It's from Corey. Uh, hello, could you talk about playing with limited time? I take my poker seriously, but the day-to-day of family life makes it impossible for me to sit at a computer for more than an hour to absolute max if I'm lucky. I used to love grinding the MTTs, but I simply can't do it anymore. What's better to look at doing with limited time? Cash games or perhaps these new three-handed turbo games or heads-up turbos? Thanks. Uh, you know what, Barry, I think this isn't a simple answer, so why don't we tease that one for the next one. You guys are all going to have to wait a week to hear that answer. Sound, okay. sound good? Yeah, yeah, okay, no problem. I'll I'll need to read that out on the next show, though, as well, so otherwise people will be listening to it if they just caught it going, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're uh, that. All right, whatever. Anyway, okay, let's go. How, to, how can people uh, get in touch with you, Alex? You can get your plugs in now. Yeah, uh, right, <laughs> as if I don't get them in all the time. <laughs> Alex at PokerHeadRush.com if you all need anything uh, to write me. Be sure to check out the YouTube channel. It's called Assassin Auto Coaching. Uh, you, you can sign up through it by checking out the free webinar that's going to be in the show notes here. Uh, just go to the free webinar on YouTube and sign up for the channel underneath. And, yeah, check out the free webinar. And then, uh, yeah, also, oh, yeah, there was a... On the lyric video, uh, once we get to a thousand vi- views, uh, whoever gets as close to a thousand views on my studio's new lyric video, uh, that's uh, that person is going to get a free copy of Dissecting the Dog Bet. That's a check raise fool, and uh, you flat too much, and why Posagno is right. So you get the not the trifecta, the quartrecta, or whatever the hell you would call it, right? The quintuplets, and uh, yeah, you guys get. You guys get, and if you get close to it, but you're not the first one, or you get, by the way, YouTube does this thing where it will show multiple people like a thousand views, right? Because it doesn't update automatically. So it's whoever gets it in first wins, okay? And uh, 
Uh, if you don't, you get a choice of one of those webinars as a consolation prize. So, yeah, be sure to check that out. And check out PullGuerreAdrush.com. Sign up for the newsletter. Uh, the newsletter we send out over the last like, couple weeks, we've sent out a free hand history review. Today I'm going to send out a free uh, webinar. And we've sent out multiple free articles. So, yeah, be sure to check all that out. It's uh, if you want nonstop free content, uh, we have a lot of people signing up for that newsletter and liking it. So be sure to do that. And uh, yeah, guys, I'll see you off in the next one. And just a touch on that newsletter. That was also if you if you do sign up for that, it's free through Alex's site, PokerHeadRush.com. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was where I first found out about the free webinar and stuff as well. So. It just kind of keeps you in the loop, a lot more detailed than Twitter, etc. Exactly, like exactly. That. It's way better than Twitter. And before the next podcast comes out and stuff as well. Exactly, so, yep. Yeah. Okay, uh, thanks for listening. Um, we're about to record the next episode in five minutes, but you will get it in seven days on a Thursday night as always. Cheers. Cheers. Every day at America's Card Room, players just like you are scoring big in record time with Jackpot Poker. Jackpot Poker is a super fast three-player online poker set and go. You pick the buy-in, and after all three players are seated, we randomly pick the jackpot. Yep, just three players. No more, no less. And for most jackpot poker tournaments, it's winner take all. Imagine turning a $40 buy-in into the ultimate $100,000 game of poker. Anything could happen with jackpot poker. Play it now at America's Card Room.